Well, today, the title of my message is, Do You Know Who You're Talking To? Not me, <laughs> but do you know who you're talking to? The, the emphasis and uh, the theme of my message is on prayer this morning. And today as we talk about prayer, I want to encourage you to keep an open mind because I truly believe that you will leave here with a different outlook on prayer. And, and that is my prayer for you today, is that truly you have a different outlook on prayer after this message. As the Israelites traveled through the wilderness, we read about different things that happened to them. God would direct them where they were to stop and set up camp. And if you read in greater detail, you will see that they were led by the presence of God through a pillar of fire by night and cloud by day. And so whenever that pillar stopped, whether it was night or day, that would be an indication to the Israelites that it was time to stop and set up their camp. Now, the camp where people would pitch their tents and, and stay for however long God told them to by leaving his presence there was arranged based on the tribes that they came from. Sorry, I was trying to move this. All right. Was arranged based on the tribe that they came from. Now, along with setting up camp and the different tribes that were set up, there was also a special place that was set up called the Tent of Meeting. This was a special tent that Moses had set up, specifically set aside to meet with God. This was a tent of meeting where he would go in and meet with God. And also the purpose of this tent was that if other people had a request, they would bring it to Moses and then he would intercede for them on their behalf. Because Moses had a, a relationship with God that the other Hebrew people didn't. And so we're going to look at this now. If you have your Bibles, would you turn to Exodus chapter 33, Exodus chapter 33, and we're going to start at verse 7, and we're going to go to verse 11. And if you are able to, would you please stand as we read God's word? Exodus 33, starting at verse 7, and it says this, it was Moses' practice to take the tent of meeting and set it up some distance from the camp. Everyone who wanted to make a request of the Lord would go to the tent of meeting outside the camp. Whenever Moses went out to the tent of meeting, all the people would get up and stand in the entrances of their own tents. They would all watch Moses until he disappeared inside. As he went into the tent, the pillar of cloud would come down and hover at its entrance while the Lord spoke with Moses. When the people saw the cloud standing at the entrance of the tent, they would stand and bow down in front of their own tents. Inside the tent of meeting, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. Afterward, Moses would return to the camp, but the young man who assisted him, Joshua, son of Nun, would remain behind in the tent of meeting. Let us pray. 
Father, what a privilege it is to come into your house, to worship you, and to study your word. And we pray, God, that you indeed would help us. Help us to look at prayer in a new and different way. Help us to look at meeting with you in a different way. And truly, Father, we pray that your Holy Spirit would come as you hovered over that tent of meeting. May you hover over this tent of meeting right now as we meet with you. We pray, Father, that your Holy Spirit would move, that you would speak, that you would have your way, and that you would do whatever it is that you desire to do this morning. So we commit this time and this message into your hands. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Feel free to be seated. So as I said, the tent of meeting was a place set aside for Moses to meet with God and for the people who wanted to make a special request of the Lord to go to Moses to intercede for them. Now keep in mind that this tent of meeting that Moses had set up was before the tabernacle. So this was before the construction of the tabernacle and then later what became the permanent structure, the temple. And so this was in the very beginning where he had this place set aside. It was probably nothing fancy. It was just a tent. It was in the outside of the camp, away from everyone else. It was a place that he met with God. You see, when we think about the idea of meeting with God, automatically we probably might think of prayer, right? We, we go to God in prayer. Prayer is how we talk to God, we communicate with him, we, we meet with him. But oftentimes when we think of prayer, and this is just being honest, right? Prayer we can think of as something that's almost like a chore. I have to pray or another prayer meeting, or okay, you know, I'll pray, you know, whatever it is. Sometimes prayer can be looked upon as something that's long, drawn out, and boring. But the way that God met with Moses was not boring at all. The way that God interacted with him was a different way of looking at what prayer is, a different way of meeting with God and understanding God. You see, prayer takes on different forms in different places depending on the situation. A prayer can simply be a thought that you think, Lord, help me in this situation. A prayer can be a whisper that we quietly whisper, God, bless that person. A prayer can be a full-blown prayer out loud. It can take on a form by yourself or in a crowd. Prayer happens in different ways, but it is communicating with God. But also, when we think of prayer, I want you to think bigger. Prayer is so much more than just us talking. Because part of prayer and meeting with God is allowing God the opportunity to speak to us. Because if we're always the one doing all the talking, then when do we allow God the opportunity to speak? When do we allow God the opportunity to say to us what he wants to say, to, to move in our life, to give us direction, to give us confirmation, to give us strength to do all of those things? Prayer also includes meditating on God's word. 
See, the way that the world may teach you to meditate is to empty your mind. But that's not a biblical form of meditation. Because the Word of God tells us to meditate on the Word of God. To fill our minds with the Word. To meditate on it day and night. That is constantly remind yourself of God's promises, of His Word, of His teachings, of His commands. All of those things continue to do that. Prayer is also sitting at God's feet and asking Him for revelation and for understanding certain things that we don't know. Prayer takes on so much more when we truly understand that it is meeting with God. Although we meet with God in many different ways and in different forms, and it may look different than how many people met with God back in the Bible times, there are things I believe that we can learn about meeting with God. So here are five points, and, um, and I'll, I'm going to go through them, and you can write them down if you want, but these are practical things that I believe we can learn about meeting with God. So we see Moses had a special tent dedicated to meeting with God. It is important that we have a regular place set aside to meet with God. That's number one. Have a regular place set aside to meet with God. Now, don't get me wrong. We can meet with God anytime, any place. It doesn't have to be a special place. But let me ask you a question. We're creatures of habit. How many of you, and you can raise your hand, are sitting in the same seat today that you sat in last Sunday. Put your hand up. Case in point, we are creatures of habit. When we have a regular place set aside where we know this is my meeting place, this is my secret place, this is the place I go to to meet with God, it is ensuring that not just on the bus or in line or waiting at the doctor's office are you whispering those prayers, but this is meeting with God. And that place can be anywhere. It can be in your closet. It can be on your couch. It can be at your, your kitchen table. It can be on your favorite seat or beside your bed or in your bed, whatever that may be. It is just important that we set aside a place to meet with God so that we can make sure that we are regularly interacting with God. Amen? The tent of meeting... If you notice what it says, it was set up outside of the camp. It wasn't in the camp. It was set up outside. Choose a place away from others and distractions around you. That's number two. Choose a place away from others and distractions around you. Now, we know that especially when you are ready to pray, read your Bible, if it's anything like my situation, your phone rings, you realize you gotta change the laundry, you have something that needs to go in the oven, that person needs to call back or you need to make that appointment. There are so many distractions that come up, right? But when we choose to set aside a place away from others and away from distractions, it helps us to focus on God and give Him our uninterrupted time. And so maybe that could mean for you t choosing a time where nobody else is home, 
or turning your phone off, putting it away, turning the TV off, turning the radio off, you know, whatever it is, allow that time to be uninterrupted and free from distractions so that we can focus on God. You know, put your phone on silent, take out your hearing aids, do what you gotta do, okay? But uh, make sure that time is free from distractions. When Moses went out to the tent to meet with God, we see how the people showed reverence and honor for the Lord. They weren't showing it so much for Moses, which they did honor him and, and, and give him reverence because the fact that God chose him to speak to him, but it was more so because of the presence of God that was hovering over that place. The people bowed down in front of their tents as a means of honoring and worshiping God. My friends, we need to show reverence and honor for the presence of God. We need to show God that reverence and honor. You see, God is not just another person. And even though he calls us friend and he has a relationship with us, we need to understand who it is that we're talking to. We need to understand that he is not just our equal, but he is the holy of holies. That's why he said to Moses, take off your sandals for the place where you are standing is holy ground. It's not holy because you're here. It's holy because I'm here. And we need to have that reverence and that honor for God. And sadly, in our world today, many people disregard God and don't have that kind of honor. And we need to bring that honor and reverence back, where we come before a holy God, not just sauntering in, but reverent and so thankful that God who am I that you are mindful of me? Who am I that you would care to know my name? That we come before God and we thank him that he would love a sinner such as I, that he would welcome me into his presence and into his family. We need to have reverence and honor towards him. In other words, we need to respect who God is. And we do that by being regular in worship and worshiping God, not just on Sundays, but throughout the week. God deserves our worship on a regular basis. We worship and honor him by serving his people, by volunteering, by giving, by honoring God with our body and with our life, by honoring him in the choices that we make and the places that we go. We honor God by living a life above reproach, a life that he can look at and say, you are blameless and upright in my sight, a life that is a life full of integrity integrity, following God's commands. We show reverence and honor to God by listening to his voice, by following his word and knowing his word. And we honor God by doing everything that we do in the name of Jesus. We can honor and show reverence to God for he alone deserves it. In verse 11, it says, inside the tent of meeting, this is my favorite part, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. 
I want you to think about that. The opportunity that Moses had to speak with God, the opportunity he had to sit with God and just hear from him as a friend speaks to a friend. Did you know that God calls us friends? God and Moses talked face to face in that tent of meeting. Friendship with God was a true privilege for Moses, one that the other Hebrew people at this time didn't get to experience. But for us today, not only does God call us his disciples, but by extension, his followers, and thus his friend. We are a friend of God. And if we are a friend of God, you know how openly and honestly you speak to your friends, right? We can talk and speak openly and honestly with the Lord. You see, when we come before God, all masks come off. There is no pretending and there is no need to pretend because God looks straight past all of the physical. God doesn't care about the physical. He wants to see the heart. He looks past all of those things and he says, just be yourself. Talk to me, be open, be honest, because if we can't be honest and open with God, then who can we be honest and open with? We can talk with God honestly and openly. That means that sometimes we can be upset and that's okay, because God's big enough to take it. That sometimes we can be frustrated, and that's okay. Sometimes we can be angry, or we can be disappointed, or we can come with good news, or we can come victorious and feeling good, and God wants to hear about all of those things. For when he meets with us, there is no judgment, only love and grace, and he wants us to be honest and open with him about everything happening in our world and in our life. Afterward, the scripture says, the second part of verse 11, it says, afterward Moses would return to the camp, but the young man who assisted him, Joshua, son of Nun, would remain behind in the tent of meeting. Joshua was there. Joshua was Moses' aide and, and basically like his assistant. And he would remain behind in the tent of meeting. Do you understand that Joshua was allowed to experience and witness what was happening? He was allowed to see the interaction between God and between Moses, and he sat back as a spectator. This was a time of teaching and learning for him. It was time of opportunity for him to truly understand who this God is and to understand how we can communicate with him. My friends, when it comes to prayer, we need to teach and show others how to meet with God. Teach and show others how to meet with God. The Bible commentator suggests Joshua, who was Moses' aide, did not leave the tent of meeting probably because he was guarding it. No doubt there were curious people who would have dared to go inside. Now that may be some truth to it, the fact that Joshua stayed behind to guard the tent so that others wouldn't come and try to go in or do anything to it or vandalize or whatever the case may be. However, 
the fact that Joshua was there in the tent when the meeting took place, because he could have just as easily waited outside when this interaction took place. But instead, he was right there, able to witness and to hear and to see everything that was happening. He needed to be taught because he was going to be the one to take over for Moses one day. Friends, if we don't teach the next generation how to meet with God, if we're not teaching them how to have a relationship with God, what it means to pray, what it means to, to come before God and, and to be reverent and holy, then how are they going to learn? If we're not teaching our children and our grandchildren how to pray, how to give thanks, then how will they learn? Who will teach them? It's up to us to teach others and to show them how to meet with God. And that could mean, and, and I know some of you already do this, so I'm not saying you don't do this, but that could mean simply teaching them to always pray before they eat and give thanks for what they have. It could mean saying a prayer before bed and remembering others' needs as well as their own. It could mean allowing them to pray for someone who is sick or hurt so that they understand who they're praying to and why they're praying. You see, it starts when someone is young to teach them, to train them in the way that they should go so that when they're older, they will not depart. It is important for us to pray and to show them what a relationship with God looks like. But that can only happen if you yourselves have a relationship with God. And if you yourself are regularly meeting with God. You see, prayer is so much more than simply just meeting with God. It is essential for us as Christians. As essential as breathing is to living, prayer is to the Christian life. Because when we pray, we're not just telling God our long list of what we want and what we want him to do. But when we pray, we are drawing strength. When we pray, God is breaking chains. When we pray, God is pouring out blessings over us. When we pray, we are being renewed and strengthened. When we pray, God is bringing rebuke, and that has to happen sometimes. When we pray, God is helping us give us direction and leading and confirmation and answering and speaking and helping us to understand his voice. Prayer is so much more than just a five-minute quick talk with God. And God desires that our prayer not just be a quick, meaningless conversation, but it be genuine and fervent, that it be desirable to him and acceptable in his sight, that it be real and unedited where we can come before him and pour out our hearts to him. God desires that we pray because when we pray, God unlocks the resources of heaven and he pours them out upon us. That's why God said, my house shall be called a house of prayer. Prayer is the key. Don't stop praying. 
I know that it can be tiring. I know that it can be discouraging. I know that it can be hard, especially when you're not seeing an answer come quickly, especially when you haven't seen God's hand move. But trust that even when you can't see him working, he is working behind the scenes. That even when you can't see it evident and how it's going to happen and how he's going to make a way, that he is working and he is doing what it is that he knows best to do. We have to trust God at his word. So don't stop praying for your situation. Don't stop praying for your need. Don't stop praying for your family members who are unsaved. Don't stop praying for your loved one's health needs. Don't stop praying for your children or for your grandchildren. Don't stop praying because breakthrough happens when we pray. What I'm about to tell you next is very private. And in no means is this to make myself look more holy or spiritual. But what I'm going to tell you is all completely true because it happened to me, so I know the story. And I wrote down some of it because there's just so much to tell you, but I'm going to tell you parts of it. When I was on sabbatical during my time, I decided that I really wanted to spend a week with God. I wanted to spend a week with God. I didn't know exactly how that was going to look and, and, and what that week was going to look like, but as I planned, I prepared that I was going to take this week and it was going to be away from everybody. So not, my husband wasn't there, my family wasn't there, no friends. I actually didn't have any uh, interactions with other people except for God during that week. So I prepared myself and I thought, okay, during this week I'm gonna be very intentional. There's gonna be no phone use. There's gonna be no TV, no movies, no secular music. Um, it's just gonna be free and uninterrupted from any distractions around me. And I also figured, you know what, since I'm doing this, I'm going to fast two or three days. You know, it's a spiritual thing, prayer and fasting, and I'm going to fast two or three days depending on how I feel and what my body allows me to do. And keep in mind as I talk about this, I know that some of you for health challenges and health reasons, you're not able to fast. And I don't want you to feel bad about that as I talk about this, okay? Because I understand that. So I decided I was gonna do this, and I said to God, as I was starting, God, I don't wanna just pray. I wanna meet with you. I don't wanna just have another prayer meeting by myself, but I truly want to encounter your presence. And I said, I am giving you seven days of uninterrupted time. I am giving you seven days without anybody else around, seven days without any distractions from the outside world. I'm giving you seven days, do whatever you wanna do. This is your time, God. You have my attention, do what you wanna do. God taught me in that time what it meant to wait upon the Lord. God taught me what it meant to meet with him. And friends, 
When I read this story of Moses meeting with God, God showed up for me. God showed up and he met with me for seven days. All I did was I waited on the Lord. I got lost in worship. I danced before the Lord. I sat at his feet. I cried. I poured my heart out. I sang to God. I worshiped him with all my inmost being. I received rebuke from the Lord and correction from him. I received healing and touching my body physically, mentally, and spiritually. I received divine revelation and messages from the Lord. Friends, when I tell you that I met with God and I understand the scripture that says Moses spoke to him as a friend speaks to God, it is not because I'm holy. It is not because I'm better than anybody, but it's because I was hungry to seek God's presence. It was because I set aside time and was attentional. And God says, when you seek me, you will find me. He is not a hidden God. It truly was and is the most expensive the most amazing experience I have ever had in my life. There is no vacation, there is no sight that the world has to offer that can ever compare to what I experienced in that week. And it changed me. It changed me from the inside out. It changed how I think. It changed how I see and view my calling in ministry. It changed how I see my family and my interaction with them. And you know, I wasn't gonna mention this because I, I plan to, at another time, share more detail of the things that God showed me. But one of the things that God brought correction to me was the fact that, you know, I haven't been as appreciative to my parents for the things that they have done for me. And so right after that week was finished, I called them and I said, I need to come and I need to meet with you, my mom and my dad. And I need to meet with you both separately. And of course, my mom thought something was wrong, right? She thought, uh, I hope it's not divorce or something bad or anything. Said, no, no, no. And I came and I apologized to them. And I thanked them for the sacrifices that they have made. And I thanked them for the hard work that they have done to allow me to be where I am today. Amen. I'm telling you this because I want you to understand that God desires to meet with each and every one of us that he desires to take us to that secret place. And in the spirit, I saw such beautiful things that words cannot explain. God literally in the spirit took me to his throne room to experience just a little bit more of how big and awesome God is to understand who it is that I am speaking to, to understand how holy and how awesome this God is. God spoke to me, and I believe that one of the messages that he gave me was one that he laid on my heart to share with you today, to understand who he is. And as I was talking to God, I felt him say, 
People don't talk to me like they did before. My people don't talk to me like they did before. You see, when I was in Abraham's day and Abraham was in my day, I was so big that Abraham would move his whole family and get up and pack up everything because I told him to. I was so big that Abraham obeyed my voice when I spoke and he did all these things. But today, I'm so small in people's eyes that I can literally fit in their pockets. It's time that we understand, friends, who it is that we're talking to. It's time that we understand that this holy God, yes, he calls us friend. He is our friend. He is our Lord. He is our Savior. He is our coming King. He is all those things. But make no mistake that God also is judge. And he wants you to understand that one day he's coming back. And all of us, doesn't matter who we are, we'll have to stand before God and give an account. And friends, I don't know about you, but when I stand before God one day, I want to stand before him as a friend, not as a stranger or enemy. I want to hear the words, well done, my good and faithful servant, not depart from me for I never knew you. And today, I don't know what to tell you, but this is a message of urgency for you to understand how real God is, for you to understand that it doesn't matter who you are, but he wants to meet with you. And he said, tell them, tell them who I am. And so I'm gonna tell you who God is today. The scriptures reveal him in different ways. The Bible tells us who God is throughout it. In Genesis, he's the breath of life. In Exodus, he is the Passover lamb. In Leviticus, he is our high priest. In Numbers, he is the fire by night. In Deuteronomy, he is Israel's guide. In Joshua, he's salvation's choice. Judges, he's Israel's guard. In Ruth, he's the kinsman redeemer. First and second Samuel, he is our trusted prophet. In Kings and Chronicles, he is sovereign. In Ezra, he is the true and faithful scribe. In Nehemiah, he is the rebuilder of broken walls and lives. In Esther, he is Mordecai's courage. In Job, the timeless redeemer. In Psalms, he is our morning song. In Proverbs, he is our wisdom. In Ecclesiastes, he is the time and season. In Song of Solomon, he is the lover's dream. In Isaiah, he is the prince of peace. In Jeremiah, the weeping prophet. Lamentations, the cry for Israel. Ezekiel, the call from sin. Daniel, the stranger in the fire. Hosea, the forever faithful. Joel, the spirit's power. Amos, the strong arms that carry. Obadiah, our Lord and Savior. Jonah, he is the great missionary. In Micah, he is the promise of peace. In Nahum, he is our strength and our shield. In Habakkuk and Zephaniah, he brings revival. In Haggai, he restores that which was lost. In Zechariah, he is our fountain. In Malachi, he is the son of 
of righteousness rising with healing in his wings. And that's just the Old Testament. In the New Testament, in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, he is God and Messiah. In the spiritful book of Acts, he is the reigning fire from heaven. In Romans, he is the grace of God. Corinthians, the power of love. Galatians, freedom from the curse of sin. Ephesians, our our glorious treasure. Philippians, the servant's heart. Colossians, he is God and the Trinity. Thessalonians, our calling king. In Timothy, Titus, and Philemon, he is our mediator and faithful pastor. In Hebrews, the everlasting courage. In James, the one who heals the sick. In first and second Peter, our faithful shepherd. In John and Jude, he is the lover coming from, for his bride. And in the revelation, in the very end, when everything is said and done and time is no more, he is and will always be the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Alpha and Omega, the Prince of Peace, the Son of Man, the Lamb of God, the Great I Am. He is God and Savior. That is our God. But before we can know him as our Savior and our Lord, we need to make a decision to accept him, to believe in him, and to trust in him. To call on him and acknowledge, God, I need you. Oh, I need you. Every hour, I need you. Friends, I want you to know that it is so sweet to trust in Jesus. He will never fail. He will never let us down. He will never grow tired of hearing from us. And all he knows how to do is win and be victorious because he does all things well. God is not the universe. He is not Mother Earth. He is not this name or that name, but his name is and forever will be Jesus. And at that name, one day, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Today, I truly believe that some of you need to be reintroduced to God. That some of you need to be reintroduced to him to truly understand who this God is that I'm talking to. And maybe for the first time, some of you need to meet him for the very first time. Because he wants to encounter you. And he wants to help change you from the inside out. You see, God sat with Moses and he talked with him like a friend. Isn't it a privilege to know that we are a friend of God? the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He invites us to sit with him, to come before him and not just pray, but to meet with him. Let us pray. Father, we come before you. And although we are unworthy to be in your presence, we thank you that because of your grace and because of your mercy, You have given us the privilege to approach you boldly. God, I pray for each one here 
that you would come and your Holy Spirit would fall fresh upon this place, that you would come and that you would meet with them, that you would meet with us, oh God. Father, for those that don't yet know you, I pray that they would be set on fire, God, that they would desire to know who it is that have created them and keeps them, to know the one who holds the universe in the palm of his hand and who calls us by name. Father, for those who know you and who are serving you, I pray, God, that there be a desire to be renewed in every way that they would come and meet with you once again, that you would reintroduce yourself to us, God, that we would hear your voice, that we would desire you, oh God, that we would seek you and truly find you, that you would do what you want to do in our lives, that our lives truly would be a living sacrifice placed on the altar for you, God, to have your way in and through us. And so, Lord, we thank you that you are not a distant God, but that you are one who is personal and who desires to hear from us. And so, Father, have thine own way. Have your way, oh God, because we need you so much more than we could ever understand. We need you personally. We need you in our family. We need you in our city. We need you in our country. We need you in our world, God. So come and meet with us. Come and speak and move and have your way. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. Would you stand? And I've asked the worship team to, to sing this hymn once again, I need thee every hour. And how fitting it is, because truly friends, we need God. We need his presence. We need to know who he is. And I wanna encourage you and challenge you that today could be the day where maybe for the first time you meet God. You meet him and you understand who it is. But for many of us today, I believe we need to be reintroduced to God. That we need to have God set a fire down in our soul to understand that he is so much greater, that he is so much bigger, that he is still so much more awesome than we know. And I invite you to come and meet with him. I invite you to come and pray as we sing. So as you feel led, you just come and you meet with God today. Let us sing.